Over the last several weeks, we've been asking the question, how do I create lasting change in my life? And looking at Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 7 as our theme verses, as we've been working our way through our sermon series called Rooted. We began by looking at how God inclines our heart toward him and how he creates a new heart within us. Then we looked at the sacraments of baptism and communion and discovered how they build the faith within us by preaching the truths of the gospel to us and by solidifying those truths within us to build our faith. And then last week, we looked at how we transformed or how we are transformed by the renewing of our mind and that we need to be intentional or intentionally focus our thought life on God. And as we do, He'll transform us. And this morning, we are focusing our attention on cultivating an identity rooted in Jesus and looking at the parable of the lost son told by Jesus in Luke chapter 15 to help us consider our identity. Please turn with me to Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate. So he, de- so he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his census, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And Here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older brother was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in, so his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these things I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. 
But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Jesus is telling the story in the presence of tax collectors and sinners, as well as the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. In fact, the Pharisees are wondering about Jesus and the crowd he chooses to hang out with. And then Jesus goes on to share two stories before this one about lost things that are found and the rejoicing, the celebration that comes with finding those lost things. And then Jesus goes on to share the story of a young man young man who takes his father's inheritance, wastes it all, and finds himself in deep trouble when a famine hits. He tries to make his way, but finds himself longing for home, for the home that he had left behind. So he makes the journey home, and when his father sees, the father wastes no time in running out to meet his son and welcomes him back with open arms. And there is much rejoicing when the lost son is found. And then the older brother catches wind of his return and is disturbed by his father's grace. In fact, Jesus said the older brother was angry about how his father reacted. And the father's response to the older brother is as beautiful thing as I think I have ever seen anywhere. He says, my son, you were always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And that's the very foundation of our identity in Jesus Christ. We were lost and now we are found. When we place our faith in Jesus, we are no longer that lost sinner longing for home. We become the child of God who has found our home. In fact, we become the very home of God. We become his dwelling place. If there's any doubt about that, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, Paul tells the Corinthians, Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? And then in John 14, 23, Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will follow my word, and my Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our dwelling with him. For those in Jesus Christ, those who love him and follow after him, we are a dwelling place for Father, Son, and Spirit. That is a message that is beautiful, timeless. Very necessary for the people of God to be reminded of the reality of this truth. We were lost and then we were found. And as found children of God, we are his dwelling place so that wherever we go, God is with us. You are his child and you are never alone, even in the deep, dark moments of life, because the very presence of God goes with you. Now, in order for us to create lasting change in our lives on top of the things that we have discussed over the last few weeks, 
We must cling to the truth of our identity in Jesus Christ. And it begins with us recognizing that we were lost as the younger son was lost. And we have been found, scooped up into the arms of a loving father who will always run to meet us with arms wide open when we have left home. So then how do we cultivate an identity rooted in Jesus so that we can create lasting change in our lives? First, we build on the notion or we build what we know to be true about God and ourselves. We must intentionally and regularly remind ourselves of the reality that the scriptures tell us about who we are in Jesus Christ. When we look to the scriptures as we are told that we are a new creation, we are a child of God, we are an heir in his kingdom, we are his bride, we are the church, we are the lost that have been found. Sometimes we lose sight of who we really are. We identify ourselves by our job, our country, as a fan of our favorite things, by our race, by our sexuality, by our favorite theologian, by our denomination, or whatever else we may see ourselves as, or perhaps hope that other per- others perceive us as. All of these things are important, but they're not the most important things about us. Sometimes we forget the most important thing about who we are, just like the younger brother did. That's why it's important for us to wake up every day and remind ourselves of, of exactly who we are, in Jesus Christ. Because if we forget, we can quickly find ourselves wrapped up in all the wrong kinds of things. Last week, we talked about the importance of renewing our mind. And this is the practical application of that. When we regularly think about the truth, the truth about who we really are, it makes it that much more difficult to believe the lies that we are told about ourselves. If we let the lies dominating, dominate our, our way of thinking about our step, ourselves instead of the truth, then those lies will build those pathways in our brains, not the truth. And we want the truth to build the pathways so that the truth becomes the dominant way in which we see ourselves and the world. Second, we must understand that when we stray from the path of holiness that is Paul so aptly reminds us in Romans 8, 38 through 39, when we stray, we need to remember. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ our Lord. We must be convinced of this as well. It can be hard to remember. We may think we have sinned too much or that the sins we have committed are beyond the ability of God to forgive. But his love is absolute and his grace and his forgiveness are without end. He is the loving and compassionate father that will run to meet us on the road with open arms every single time. There is no volume of sin that is too great, nor any sin so grievous that we cannot run home to our Heavenly Father and ask to be forgiven. That is the whole point of all of this. 
why we gather together, why we worship, why we serve, why we give, why we sing and pray and fellowship. Because we are a people who cannot outrun the love of God or his ability to forgive. If you're wondering if you can be forgiven or if God loves you, if there's hope or if there's peace or if there's freedom or if his arms are wide open waiting for you, the answer is simple and clear. Yes, always. Third, we help cultivate our our identity in Jesus when we recognize it is he who does the work of cultivation. A few weeks back, we talked about cultivating a heart for God, and we discovered that it is God who makes us a new creation, who turns our heart of stone into a heart of flesh, who creates a clean heart within us. Ultimately, it is Jesus who cultivates our identity in him, And we put ourselves in the position for him to do that for us. We must remember that as much as we may identify with the younger brother who was lost, or maybe the older brother who sat in judgment, the real calling for us is to be like the father. The goal was for us to walk in holiness, to be full of compassion, grace, and love that We are like the Father who runs to sinners with open arms and lets them know that they are forgiven. As we become more like Jesus over time, as we grow in spiritual uh, maturity, as we grow in our faith, we become like the Father who welcomes home the lost and rejoices in their salvation. Our identity rests in Jesus, and it is he who transforms us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's true that we may identify with the lost younger brother trying to find his way home, or again, perhaps the older brother is who we identify with as we seek to stand in judgment over others. But it is the father who we should most strive to be like, because he is most like Jesus. It's the father that has his mind set on things above, who seeks first the kingdom and who loves recklessly. The truth is we probably are are all a little bit of all the characters in this story, but it is the father who we should strive to be like as we mature in the faith. But it takes Jesus to give us a heart for it. And it is to him that we must go to in order to obtain it. It can come to us only through him and only when we put ourselves in his hands to shape us and mold us to cultivate in us an identity that is rooted in him. Which brings me to the very simple and yet deeply transformational truth of the take-home point this morning. We are the found in Jesus Christ. We were lost. Now we are found. And our action point today is this. Consider who you most identify with in the story of the lost son this week. And then begin to cultivate your identity around the notion that you were lost and now are are found in Jesus. And it's time to move forward to be like the father. That principle is the bedrock of our faith that it's important for us to live into that reality. 
Yes, we can be like the two sons, the one who yearns for home because of the mistakes he has made, or we might be the son who never left home but judges others harshly for their actions. Or maybe sometimes we're like the father, full of compassion and warmth, with arms wide open, waiting to embrace those who need love and grace. But remember, we must cultivate a life, an identity rooted in Jesus, and then we, when we are found, we move beyond being like the sons to be like the Father, being like Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit.